Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in the space. Let's get started. Marika Messager is a conscious leader, visionary, teacher, researcher in consciousness, elevating individuals, businesses, and the global community into a new paradigm of positive and purposeful impact. Making it to the seven-figure annual compensation at the age of 31, the year she gave birth to her son. By age 33, Marika was appointed as one of the youngest female sales managers with 40 people across Europe under her supervision. Her success led her to realize what was missing from her own career and the corporate world, conscious leadership. Marika's particular path toward conscious leadership took her out of the corporate world and on a worldwide adventure where she trained in integral coaching, yoga, mindfulness, bioenergetic healing, and hypnotherapy. She also developed an interest in indigenous healing practices and particularly the influence of consciousness and the mind on the process of healing. Instead of leaving the business world forever, this experience inspired her to build a system of development that would transcend the leadership status quo and align businesses with a positive impact. Okay, I'm excited this week to bring Marika Messager. Did I say that right? Perfect. (laughs) Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. And um, I'm just excited because of all of the things that you're doing, you are coming to me from around the world on the other side. But I love to hear that, you know, you're focusing on consciousness and all of those things. So before we kind of jump in to all the things that you're doing, I would just love to hear a little bit of background about you and, and how you even got to this point. <laughs> okay, so... um I'm French, as you can hear, although I've been living in London for 16 years now. Um, and I started my career in finance as an equity sell-side analyst. So I was, you know, next to a trading floor and producing some investment ideas. And then I moved to an equity sales role. So then I was selling the ideas and then I was head of equities for Europe and Middle East for um, a French bank. I mean, it used to be called New Edge. Now it belongs to Société Générale. So I did that for 14 years. At the end, I was managing 40 people. And uh, I also started to work on myself when I was 28. I'm 47 now uh, because I had some personal issues and I was living in Paris at the time. So the only thing that sounded available to me was therapy. So I started with that. Um, But I really discovered uh, very early on the power of self-transformation and what it makes possible in your life uh, if you start to understand how you function as a human being and embark on this kind of journey to, you know, evolve and, and better yourself. And so I I, try, I mean, I did a, a lot of, <laughs> of many disciplines, you know, because I, I started to get passionate about self-development and what it means to be human. 
And I saw the impact on my work. I saw that I was managing people better, that I was coaching and mentoring them, actually, because, you know, when you manage salespeople, that's what you do. You teach them how to be better sales. And that has, a, you know, an element of emotional intelligence, of course. So I was really, you know, connecting the dots between, you know, inner change and outer change. And um, I I started to get, you know, not so excited about finance and the next rung on the ladder, which was basically global head of equities, which you know would have meant more travel, which I like, but also more meetings, more compliance, <laughs> all of that. Um, and I and I just, you know, was was really curious about self development. And um, and in 2012, my company was going through a restructuring. And uh, my boss said to me in September 2012, Marika, your job is dead at the end of the year. I can't have a head of equities. And he said, you know, I'll give you another one. Um, you know, do you want to be like global head of research? And I was like, no, actually, I'm going to I'm going to stop and I'm going to, you know, pursue what's cause what, you know, this thing inside of me to actually understand human, myself and human beings. And so I, I stopped uh, in 2012 at the end, and I gave myself two years to continue to explore and to really uh, train into some disciplines that I had found beneficial for me. So I trained as an integral coach. I trained as a clinical hypnotherapist. I trained as a yoga teacher, as a mindfulness teacher, as a bioenergy therapist. I also, you know, work with shamans. So I stayed a month in the forest in Brazil and I was initiated in a, in a lineage of, of healers. Um, so, you know, a big, uh, big exploration that really gave me a framework and really some codes uh, around consciousness and, and what it really means to elevate your consciousness, how you do it and what are the benefits and what it makes possible. And then I applied that to leadership because you know, the more conscious you are, the more you see things with clarity. You know, consciousness, in a way, can be, you know, defined as truth. And as you see things as they truly are, it's like, what are you going to do with them? And can you become a leader in, you know, using the truth as a force for good? Uh, and because I had this business background and I love business, you know, that's how it started. Wow, that's phenomenal. Well, and I love, I love that you're talking about consciousness because... Obviously, we know a lot of politicians that could use some consciousness in their lives, especially from a leadership perspective. So then in terms of, I mean, I love the fact that you call consciousness truth. Even though you said no to the head of researcher position, you are a consciousness researcher. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I love research. I, you know, I, I, I love research. I love to understand systems and how they function and how to make them better. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, I, an, I mean, that's, that's a passion. What can I say? <laughs> so how does that, how does that, you know, I know related to business, the state of consciousness as we think about leadership. So how do you actually practice conscious leadership? Hmm. <laughs> well, we have plenty of models in our, um, you know, tools and basically in our transformation property, right? Uh, intellectual property. And one of the, the models that we have at the individual level is that consciousness sits on three pillars, clarity, presence, and creation. And that we need to pay 
to understand each pillar and pay as much attention to each pillar. Um, so, you know, one third, one third, one third. And clarity is really the self-awareness, knowing the self, so that you understand what is you and what is not you, right? Uh, who is, what is it really, who is it really that I am versus the person that I have been programmed to be by my childhood, my parents' society, religion, culture, all of that. Uh, so that we forge our inner alignment, right? Mm -hmm. um, then presence is about emotional intelligence. So really having the capacity to be emotionally agile so that we can respond to challenges and opportunities in a way we're proud of. So we are, you know, mastering our emotions and, and, and we therefore can master our energy and we can influence, uh, you know, the room with our energy. And then we have creation, which is, you know, the execution process uh, that also involves uh, spiritual intelligence because there is an element of understanding the bigger picture of something and, and flowing with things, right? So those are the three pillars. A lot of people in the world we live in spend most of their time in the creation bit. And so they do, they do, they do, but they don't take enough time to think about what is it that they really want, you know, that is aligned with who they really are. And they sometimes fail to master their emotions in the process. So they might create out of fear, let's say, you know, I mean, I'm in between two jobs and I'm going to take this one because I'm scared that, you know, I will be out of job for too long. But, you know, I'm not really aligned with that job. So those type of, you know, mistakes are, you know, not best choices, let's put it this way. Uh, so presence is also really important. So clarity and presence are really like the, the foundation of creating something, you know, a life that is aligned with who we are oh, and wow. therefore enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and it's so interesting because you talk about alignment and you know, I think a lot of people are interested in being socially conscious, but I think you really talk a, a lot about using consciousness for good and how to do good based on your consciousness. And, you know, to me, this is where kind of the, from my perspective, I feel like this is like the hard work that we do on ourselves that a lot of people just don't do. It's like you, you don't want to be that conscious about yourself, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but to me, it's like the more conscious that you are and the more aligned, it's so freeing. Yeah. So so do, is there a way that you can better use conscious, consciousness to do good and in, in the world? Or? Yeah, of, of course. Um, you know, I strongly believe that um, the private sector is has a lot of power to create systemic change these days. And so if we transform the way we work, if we transform organizations and, and how we relate within an organization, the, the purpose of the organization and you know the, the relationships between all the stakeholders, we are going to demonstrate a new way to um, you know, live, <laughs> a new way to work, a new way to be, a new way to relate. And so if we change, you know, like same as we have clarity, presence and creation for organization, we have profit, people and planet. And so if we move away from an organization that is only focused on profit, but we also integrate the, the pillars of, of people and planet, we have new organizations. 
And and so you know there there is a very uh, simple quote that says take care of your people the business will take care of itself. But you know it's really bringing that element into organization and creating those conscious cultures that you know creates a more caring world <laughs> to say the least, but also a more prosperous world because we have data you know and. I've seen in my own experience in, in our business, uh, but there is a lot of data that now proves that actually those cultures are not only creating more innovation, but also more engagement, more impact and more profit for themselves. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a amazing. Win-win in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is why, I, you know, it's like I a lot of CEOs to me. It's, you know, we we should be spreading that kind of wealth throughout the organization through that personal development and professional development, um, because the more you get into it, the you know, it's like the more benefit you get. But I yeah. recognize, you know, and everything is not always inexpensive either. Um, so but, you know, just creating that connection to higher purpose is amazing to me. So um so I know that you have, and I think we talked a, a, a bit about some of the systemic change that I know you get involved in in transforming organizations. And I would love to have you talk a little bit about what that looks like from a consciousness perspective and maybe even get into your consciousness library and, and tell us a little bit about what that is and, and how people can get involved. Sure. So with organization, I've, I've worked with organizations for the last 10 years, but it's it's been um, my approach to organization has been evolving over the years. And it's been in resonance with the, the evolution of the consciousness within organizations. So at the beginning, um, I was, I mean, we still need that, but I was adamant that, you know, consciousness and conscious leadership had to come from the top, right? So if the leader is not aligned with the principles of conscious leadership, it's going to be impossible to align the organization with them. Um, so we started by working with some, you know, C-level executives and, and, um, and some entrepreneurs and work at that level. And then what happened is that as they became more conscious, those leaders were asking me, can you... I'm in my organization because there is something wrong there, right? Um, So it was really aligned with their needs. So I've done, you know, many things, but I've um, I've coached uh, some like, you know, executive board uh, members. Uh, I've, you know, some kind of director's level where I was following them during the meetings and for a few days. Uh, And and so that already kind of shifts because there is a suddenly a, a common language. Everybody is starting to see things from the same perspective because I am teaching them tools uh, to actually see the whole, you know, the whole the whole picture, right? So that common language is making things much easier because then the communication is much is much more fluid, and um, you know you don't really get stuck for so long, right? Your people are able to understand what's going on. And then, you know, we also did some workshops for the whole organization so that everybody kind of, you know, we cascade conscious leadership throughout the organization. And that creates cultural change. You know, cultural change is really, it's not everybody at the same time. We need some people who are going to be ambassadors uh, and then become role models and they will inspire other people to do the same. And little by little, uh, the culture really changes. But we need some 
early adopters that are going to embody this change and prove that it's possible and show where it's taking everyone. So yeah, and and you know throughout all the research over the last two years, I was really asking myself how could we approach an organization all together, right? Not just the yes. leaders, because it's really difficult. You know, one of the main challenges when I ask leaders, what's your biggest people problem? Um, they say that it's really hard to get people to level up. And, you know, particularly at the middle management level, because at the top level, the leaders will get one-on-one -on -one coaching. They are being taken care of. Right. When you're a middle manager, and that's expensive, right? One mm -hmm. one on one coaching for a year for, for a CEO. And then it's like, are we gonna, you know, invest that money at the middle management level? Because it's more people <laughs> and it's still the same amount, right? right? So there is actually very little of coaching offered to middle management. You know, so it's kind of a training here and there, but it's it's kind of lacking. And then there is nothing for people who are, you know, below middle management. So it's a shame, you know, it's like we need for we need to wait for leaders to transform so that they understand that they need to bring this within their organization. And then it's a slow process, yeah. um, which is why, you know, I've decided to create the conscious library, which mm -hmm. basically regroups all the trainings, all the research that we have done over the last 10 years and makes it available for all employees within an organization. It's very easy to access because we've used those pillars of clarity, presence, and creation and design 12 questions per pillar that are very tangible. Let's say if we look at the presence pillar, the questions could be, how do I improve my self-confidence? How do I raise my resilience? Um, how do I work on my fear of visibility? But yeah. also, you know, deeper questions, which like, how do I release some emotional baggage? Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. we really give people how do I forgive? So we really give people the tools to work with the level of consciousness that they are at. Right. Either it's very tangible, but you can go deeper. And and we are, you know, um, right now, actually uh, pitching that that library so that uh, it's it's being bought by a company for all employees. So That's everybody nice. will have the tools to become more conscious. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, and it, it, you know, you make such a good point because I mean, at the end of the day, you want as an as an entrepreneur and a CEO, you want to make sure that your team has all the tools. But there is this challenge um, that you know we go through in terms of you know how do we make sure that we're stretching our finances appropriately and that we're putting the emphasis where it needs to be so i love the fact that you're using a platform to really systematize and operationalize conscious leadership training in a way that is just more connected and i feel like cuz i feel like a lot of people might use some sort of virtual training but it doesn't make you think in a way yeah. that really impacts and connects you with clarity. Um, and I think that's so important. So, to, you know, when you're talking about systemic change and leading organizations through transformation, I mean, we I know we spent some time talking about authentic truth and, you know, kind of making sure that we're free from bias. But I would love to have you talk a little bit about, and and I might be saying it wrong. I want to say it was Lamu to really yes. <laughs> to really talk about the because I mean 
to actually see how this works and, you know, to be able to measure levels of consciousness that actually impact our own communities is actually pretty amazing. And so I love the fact that you have this kind of global view of being able to to prove out, you know, the conscious leadership. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that because it's very uh, it's very uh, close to my heart this project <laughs> but it's true you know it's a uh, um, part of of uh, holding the, the the conscious leadership vision it's like we we have to demonstrate what it looks like but you know that is really systemic change right show show me where you want to take me and then I'll go it's easier right <laughs> uh, yes. I know it works right so I'll yes. follow you well, two years ago, actually, it's not so long. Huh? So it was December 2020. Yes. Yeah. Is that that? Yes. December 2020. I had some holidays booked with my son, who is now 15. And uh, it was to go to Spain, to Tenerife. And um, I had a friend there. And, you know, two days before our flights, he told me, you, you can't come. They're going to shut the, the frontiers. You, you know, you, you won't fly. And I was desperate to go somewhere. And I looked online and, you know, a few countries were open, but not so many. And Kenya was one of them. And I could find some tickets and a place to stay. And a friend of mine had told me about Lamu like years ago. And so I looked at it and I booked everything and I went to bed. And then when I woke up, uh, you know, Tenerife was not shut down. So I had two holidays. Oh, and, wow. uh, I, I, cho- yeah, I chose Lamu because, uh, you know, the other one was easier to cancel. But I ended up staying three months because of lockdowns oh, and online schooling. So, you know, with a, with a, a suitcase of a two-week holiday. <laughs> but it was like, you know, in Lamu, there was no lockdown. There were no masks. Uh, you know, people were out all the time. Nobody was sick. So it was suddenly like life again, you know. And I felt so grateful to be here. But it was also good that I was there because, you know, my clients were really suffering, you know, mentally, emotionally. Emotionally, so at least I could, you know, be my best to support them because uh, I was in that, you know, lovely environment. But um, and so because I, you know, I, I love research, uh, I started to think about things to do here. And, you know, when you are somebody who wants to have a positive impact and you go to Kenya, I mean, it's a playground. There is there is everything. Right. You can you can work on the environment, on the conservancy, on, you know, with the children, the women, the, everything. You know, there is so much to do. And we started by doing a Women Leadership Day in Lamu. Um, that was, you know, re- really cool. But then that gave me the kind of confirmation to create a retreat in Lamu. So the, I did that a year later. It was still, you know, COVID times. So I ended up with only three clients, three fantastic women. And, uh, you know, it was it was a crazy story, like two on uh, two women on the day of arrival. I couldn't make it. They had an issue. So it was a it was but it was a great, uh, you know, a great experience. And, you know, that retreat, uh, it's called Awaken. And the goal is really to elevate your consciousness. So there is no not so much about business, but it's really like tuning into you and really seeing, releasing the belief systems that are limiting and, and the emotional baggage and all of that. But there is also an element of it that is around making a contribution, right? Using who you are, your uniqueness to contribute to the to the betterment of the world. And on the first day of the retreat, there was a fashion show at Peponi Hotel, which is, you know, the hotel there. And um, it's a small village. 
And it was the kids from uh, Ubunifu, who is an initiative, an NGO, that has the vision to build an art center for the kids of the village so that they can have a safe space when where they can learn new skills and build a better future for themselves. And, you know, we're talking about children who sometimes don't have food to eat on the table at lunch. So it's really like, it means a lot. The fashion show was beautiful and my three clients were really touched. And then I went to bed and I woke up at 3 a.m. with the vision that we could help. I had met Nyambora before, who is, you know, the, the, the founder of, of, the, of the organization. And I was like, you know, we could raise some money. We could do a documentary. We could do, uh, you know, like a, a show because what Zoe works in the art world and Shelly has a production company. So, you know, it all worked out and they all said yes. Wow. And then we went to see Nyambora, who is the founder. And we said, you know, we've got this idea. You've got the land, but you need to build a center and we want to help and raise some money. And she said, yes. And within three months, we created an event in London at Hauser and Worth, which is, you know, a leading art gallery. And uh, we raised, you know, a lot of money. So, and this is all because we gave our time and we collaborated and, you know, we shared the same vision and we were, you know, aligned in terms of values. And we were so efficient, like, you know, to make that happen in three months, invite the people, but bring everything from Lamu, the paintings, you know, the outfits and create a documentary. It was a lot of work for a woman who already, you know, are very busy, yeah. um, but it was beautiful. And and now, you know, I'm at the board of, of the NGO as well. And, you know, we the art center has been built. So it's also really nice to see that it's it's done, right? It's uh, The yes. money has been raised and it's been used. And, you know, now we're also doing more research on, you know, inclusion, diversity and equity in Lamu because it's it's a place where you have some influences from Africa, India and Arabic countries. So it's a lot of tribes. It's, you know, a very small place and it's a completely different system. So for me, it's really an incubator for systemic change because you can really see, you know, what are the issues in terms of just in terms of inclusion and discrimination, you know, you can see very clearly that it's on both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, if I go to a shop uh, in Lamu, I'm going to be given a, a higher price because my skin is white. Right. And and we all know this, but I know I spoke, I, I speak about it with local peoples because I'm really researching that. And so they all agree to that. And but then at the same time, if I am a tourist and I go to a local shop, I'm going to say it's a local shop. So I shouldn't, I should pay, I should, you know, I shouldn't pay as much than, you know, in the kind of hotel shop. And that's also discrimination, right? But we really need to see that it's coming from on, on both aspects so that we can heal it and, and meet in, in a place of safety and neutrality. And so I'm having those conversations with, you know, grassroots leaders there. And, and it's, it's, very, uh, it's very interesting because they also want to have the conversation. They are very aware of all these issues and uh, and they are curious to to you know make some changes. The beauty of it is that because it's a small system, we can really see the impact much much quicker and create change easier. Yeah, well, I love how you I mean you literally went in and made the change and utilized all the all the components that you talk about when you're talking about a new paradigm of leadership. Because I know we spent some time talking about collaboration and co-creation, compassion and creativity and all of those things. So I love that you could 
do something like that and pull it off in three months is pretty amazing. But, you know, usually when you give something to busy women, they get it done quickly because they're busy. <laughs> so I love that. They're efficient. They have to be efficient. Right? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. It's amazing to me because I think you said this is also a place that doesn't have cars, right? Yeah, no um. cars. <laughs> only donkeys, only donkeys. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I mean, it's it's just so interesting to me because, you know, you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I, of course, worked in payment technology. So, you know, your mind is always on something digital, infrastructure, whatever, but you can see when you talk about culture, you don't even have to go that deep because it's really within us, you know, that yeah. level of consciousness, which is awesome. So then tell us, so I know you talked about the conscious library and you're doing so many different things in terms of, you know, leveling up people's consciousness Awaken being one, I think you said it was like a nine-day program, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, um, it's seven nights and nine days in Kenya, in Lamu. Oh, I mean, that sounds like <laughs> treasure, treasure. <laughs> so some of the things you were talking about is just how to level up, like even, you know, preparing for important presentations and, you know, attracting particular talent and things of that nature. Are there things that you would recommend as people are thinking about their own level of consciousness? We have four bodies, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body. Not a lot of people know that. But if you want to start to assess your level of consciousness, you can, you know, write down those four bodies and be like, okay, how between one and 10, 10 being amazing, how do I feel mentally, right? Am I sharp? Am I focused? Um, or, you know, am I, am I kind of, do I have some mental fog? Uh, do I dwell into negative thoughts? Um, all of those things, right? So that's going to give you one element of measure. Then you look about, you, you, you look at your emotional body. And you're like, okay, how do I feel emotionally? Am I overwhelmed? Uh, I am generally, uh, you know, neutral or happy. How do I manage challenges? How do I respond to opportunities? Am I proud of myself in the way I respond when I am challenged? You know, how do I, how well do I know my triggers? And what happens when I'm emotionally triggered? Do I have some tools? How strong is my level of self-discipline to support my emotional agility? Give yourself a note. A, a rate and yeah. then we do that with the physical body so this is more you know how do I feel in my physical body do I feel like um, do I like my body do I feed my body well do I take good care of my body do I do the right exercise how is my level of strength my level of flexibility uh, my endurance my resilience right all of that um, and the last one is the spiritual one and so how do we rate the spiritual body you can ask yourself two things first is do I like what I do, <laughs> right? Um, which means, you know, are you connected with something that holds meaning for you that we could, you know, start to look at as a purpose? So that's one element. And then the second element is, what is your understanding around um, energy and the interconnectedness of everything, right? 
how skilled are you with, uh, you know, energetic tools and quantum physics? Because this is also spiritual intelligence, right? Understanding really how to bring new ideas into matter. So that's also an element. And when you've done all those, all those rates, you start with the body that has a lower rate uh-huh. and ask yourself what you can do in order to level that up. Nice. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't think people actually break it down that way. You know what I mean? It's it, you, you start to go, well, I feel a certain way, but I'm not sure that you that people put it into those pillars of, you know, well, maybe that's more emotional versus spiritual or mental, you know, and this this being mental awareness month uh, over here anyway, you (laughs) know, it's like just paying attention to those four elements, I think is significant. I mean, really significant. Yeah, because it also gives you an understanding, right? It gives you a roadmap of who, where you stand and, and you start to understand you know, maybe if your your rate on your spiritual body is one and you're a bit depressed and you're lacking drive and passion and you're starting to question why you have to go to work every day, you know, there is something there around, okay, am I aligned? Are my values aligned with that of my companies? You know, am I able to feel some form of meaning in my job? And, and you know, you, you, you know, basically the roadmap towards transformation. Yes. Yes. So, so then in terms of, and I, I love the fact that even when you talk about emotional intelligence, because I think people do at least start to recognize that emotional intelligence is a component of leadership and the better you are at it, the better your leadership can be. But are there, you know, specific things that, you know, that people can embrace uh, when they're thinking about change? when they are trying to grow their organization or transform it in some way? Because you've given you us in so terms many of, nuggets today. <laughs> you, 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 you mean in terms of emotional intelligence for themselves or for the team or for everything? Yeah, everything. I mean, because ah, I think okay. it's, hard, it's First, hard to transform other people's emotional intelligence, right? I mean, as a manager, a lot of times it's like, eh, they're not going to make it. Because they don't have it. But I'm not sure that managers necessarily go, okay, I'm going to help you improve your emotional intelligence. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first I want to say, you know, business is about people, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't understand people, you don't understand business. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's quite simple, right? (laughs) So... Emotional intelligence is, is, gives you the ability to, as you understand yourself and connect with your own emotions, to actually understand other people's emotions as well. And so, you know, this is, this is a skill that can be learned. Some people are more natural at it than others. Some people will never be able to develop their emotional intelligence. They are on the spectrum of narcissism. Uh, they don't have access to that, right? But how do you level up your emotional intelligence? So first, I would say as as an individual, you kind of have to know if you are uh, more of an empath or more of a non-empath, right? Mm -hmm. Because the work is going to be different depending on where you are. But it starts with actually giving yourself permission to stay connected with an emotion. 
you might realize that you are never connected with any emotion. And that happens a lot, right? A lot of people yes. are cut. They live in their head, right? Yes. So it's just this awareness, you know, how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, or name at the end of each day one emotion that you have felt throughout the day and start to, to sit with them, right? It's about learning to sit with our emotions because they will pass. So if we try to numb them, they will stay. And they will start to create this big, big emotional backpack of repressed emotions that is going to completely screw up with our inner emotional truth, right? So we don't want that. So we really want emotions to be felt to completion as they come. Mm -hmm. That requires some practices, some tools, some skills. First, to understand that, you know, what is emotional intelligence, but also to practice feeling. And yeah, and then as you feel the feeling to completion, you learn something. There is always a lesson from that feeling that is going to ask you to either do something, write something, say something, so that you actually are listening to the emotion and acting upon it. It's very important not to react, but respond. So when we are triggered, it's very important to take the time to come back to a place of emotional neutrality before we do anything. Right? Because if we don't, we will probably have said or written something that is a bit too intense emotionally, right? We were not fully centered. So that's at the individual level. And then at the organizational level, well, you know, it starts at the individual level. If if all individuals start to, you know, work on their own emotional intelligence, then it, you know, has an amplification impact. Uh, but as a manager, how do you level uh, support someone to level up their emotional intelligence? Well, first, you need to be emotionally intelligent yourself, right? That's <laughs> that's a non-negotiable. But you do that by uh, role modeling uh, truth, role modeling transparency, honesty, vulnerability, uh, you know, real conversations. So there is no hiding. There is, you know, I take responsibility for my mistakes. I take responsibility for, you know, what is mine to own. Um, so you really show that you are present in, in your full authenticity. And that gives others permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. If I know that I can make, uh, you know, I can, I can express something and I, I'm going to be received, then I will, right? Um, so we have to create that space as leaders where people feel safe to express themselves and voice their needs and their wants and their desires and you know their boundaries and all of that. Um, so it starts there um, as as a leader, and then um, I guess you know you can create some practices for your team that you can do all together as well that is going to support level up their emotions intelligence but you know I love it well and it's so interesting that you go through that because the entire time you were talking I kept coming back to diversity equity and inclusion and it's very much a similar path that level of consciousness when it you know utilizing that perspective on diversity equity and inclusion it permeates every part of you um, and so okay. as you as you go deep into your own consciousness, I mean, I know a lot of people are have realized, you know, over the last few years, how limited they are when it comes to thinking about inclusion or diversity itself. You know, even if they look around at maybe some of their own friends, 
Um, I used to get a lot of calls when, you know, it was like George Floyd got murdered and it was like people would call and be like, oh, my gosh, I don't really have a network of African-Americans in my life, you know. So they had it was kind of like this level of consciousness where they didn't know, like, yeah, that we had a completely different learned experience, which in some ways was exhausting and surprising, I guess, in some to some degree. But it was a time that at least gave people an opportunity to be conscious. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know what? Again, consciousness is about seeing the truth. And, you know, that um, moment really was uh, an opportunity to see the system in a way that we hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Right? Even me, I mean, for a week, I, I, I didn't know what to say. You know, it was like, oh, my God, I, I can't say anything about this because I don't know what it means to walk in the street and be scared that the police is going to kill me. I've never felt this way. I, I didn't even know that, you know, it, it was there. So right. if I really want to understand, you know, that collective wound, I need to feel it. You know, I need to really go and what it, what does it mean? Right? I know as a woman what it feels like not to feel safe when you go back home at 2 a.m. in the morning. I, you know, and men don't know that. So I, I can, you know, make some parallels and be like, okay, if I'm a man and I'm trying to understand what it means to be a woman and you know, what do I need to do, right? And so I, I did the same, um, you know, with regards to, uh, you know, the, the the people of color and my understanding that there was a threat that I, I was not suffering from. And, and that, you know, is really about curiosity by, you know, just educating you know, ourselves without judgment just for the sake of understanding and and you know that um that also creates compassion and 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 more collaboration in in together kind of finding a solution right so those those you know moments in the world we live in are it was a tragic incident but it was really a big awakening as well because people were forced to see things that they hadn't looked at before and yeah. and you know this is this is awakening right this is how you level up your consciousness by looking at things that you didn't look at before and you know that gives you a new understanding and your vision a higher perspective and this is consciousness yeah yeah i love it which is you know it's funny because i was talking to a filmmaker and it's one of the reasons film is so important you know stories written words you know all of those things because you you are able to to really dive into different perspectives. So before uh, I know we're getting short on time, I love talking to people because it's just it's amazing. I feel like I've had my own therapy lesson today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to make sure that people know about you and what you're doing all across, you know, your efforts cuz I know you have different programs when you're talking about conscious leadership and the things that you're bringing into the world. So I do want to give you at least some time to just talk about, you know, where they can find you, what some of your programs look like. I know you've talked about the retreat and the conscious, library, conscious yeah. library, but I know you also have an academy and, and other things as well and consulting and all of those things. Yeah. So, um, 
Well, first, you can find me on, you can email us uh, through the website, so consciousleadership.org, and you find the email there. Or you can email me, marika, at consciousleadership.org. You can find me on LinkedIn at Marika Messager and on Instagram at Marika Messager as well. And it's it's a bit different content. The Instagram one is uh, is probably more about the vision and um, uh, and LinkedIn is, is a bit more about the implication and the embodiment and the incarnation of the vision. Then the programs that we offer. So right now I am really focused on the conscious library because I want to reach organization and all employees. So, you know, uh, if you want to have a conversation, because we are really soft launching, um, I'm very happy to. We are looking at, you know, partnerships and collaborations as well. So that would be a product, you know, to actually support all employees be coached and and become conscious. Uh, So I'm very happy to have some conversations about that. And then the other programs that we have, we have a line, which is an eight-week program for people in transition, life and professional so either you are in a place at work or at home where you know you need to change, but you are not doing it, or you are in between, or you have just started a new uh, you know, business venture, for instance. This is the program that's going to help you be clear about the transition, make it happen from a place of emotional clarity and presence, and, and have the steps so that you execute it Perfectly. Uh, so that's a line. Then we have Arise, which is our 21-day meditation program that is really focused on transformation with clarity, presence, and creation. We have Aspire, which is a program for young leaders, which is a fantastic program. It's six-week online, so it really suits their way of learning. It's all videos. But this is for, you know, like, let's say 15 to 27 is the age bracket that we, we've done it with. and um, it. You know, it's beautiful because young leaders have so much less baggage than older leaders (laughs) uh, and they are much more open to, you know, changing their belief systems. And actually, they are more conscious as well already, Uh, but they really receive the teachings and they implement the change and you see like beautiful transformations. And, And also, like I know that they are equipped with tools for life, you know, like how to navigate difficult conversations you know, how to come back to emotional neutrality. So all, all these tools are, are, you know, super important. And um, it's very exciting to see them, you know, being like so eager to to do the program and implementing and all of that. So those are our three programs. Then we have the Academy for Conscious Leaders, which is a three-year program that really takes you from unconscious leader to conscious leader. So, you know, that's that's a deeper program. It's, it's a bit like a, you know, human being MBA. Uh, human beingness and leadership uh, MBA, um, and this one is is a beautiful program also because you know we build a community of conscious leaders, so it's it's beautiful to see some collaborations or some support between you know our clients. And then we have the Awaken Retreat in Kenya that I've talked about already, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is this is like you know. Um, uh, an amazing uh, experience. It's really an experience that I have built, you know, based on this understanding of the, the four bodies, right? Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So throughout the retreat, not only you are with amazing people, but you also are in a beautiful settings in nature, by the sea, with the mangrove, eating amazing food, doing yoga and meditation every day, but you're also evolving, you know, and 
So we have workshops, we have ex transformative experiences. Um, so that's, um, yeah, that's kind of a nice, an amazing thing to do. Yeah. You, you <laughs> yeah. are, you are doing a lot, but it's, you know, it's so impactful. And I love that people that that full alignment of self and and really understanding your authentic self because i i just think there needs to be so much more work done there with people especially you know we don't i think a lot of times we don't think that maybe that's what we should be doing when we think about work or working at a company um but it becomes so important um and you know the business really gets the benefit of it yeah, I mean that I've seen uh, times and times again. It's it's a it's actually a gain of time, you know, to yeah. to train yourself with those with with this technology because you're you're more efficient, you're more creative, you're more um, assertive. Um, everything is is just easier. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like we could have more and more conversations for sure. Anything else you want to tell us before you before I let you go? Because there's just so much. I don't I don't even know where to start anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I had a great time. Uh, I can talk forever. So I, you know, I don't know. No, what I could say is like, yeah, it's like we need we need conscious leaders, you know, and we need consciousness throughout every every level of you know society and organization because it's 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 a solution. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's and it's almost like the base, the foundation of everything. So it's like if we're not, con I mean, it's like people walking around like zombies, right? I mean, they're yeah. they're they don't even know what they don't know. Um, but getting into their own that own their own level of consciousness is just so empowering. So, um, so I just want to thank you for all you're doing. And, you know, I just love celebrating people that are doing wonderful things in the world. And so thank you for joining me and we wish thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. We wish you the best. Thank and, you. you know, I'm looking forward to hearing more about the conscious library. Yeah. It's pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.